Unmasking Prejudice, Silencing the Internal Voice of Bigotry, by Dr. Melody Hilton. Chapter 10, The Counterproductive Prejudice of the Political Divide. Politics and parties aside, I write today from my heart, my experience, and my passion for true justice. I'm a proud citizen of a country that prides itself on being a land of freedom and a home for the brave. With this in mind, I recognize that the legal rights of our nation's citizenry are so often touted, even shouted, sometimes at the expense of those doing the shouting. The fact is that just because one has a right does not necessarily mean that these rights are appropriate or beneficial for the participant or for the cause they claim to defend. I've watched the angry protests throughout our nation's beautiful cities, the critical attacks from talk show hosts, celebrities, politicians, business leaders, news networks, and more. I have witnessed different ideologies divide people making enemies of once lifelong friends. It saddens and concerns me to see that the culturally accepted attitude has become one of combat and resistance rather than collaboration and partnership. Whether I agree or disagree with someone's beliefs and their legal rights to voice them, the real question should be, are my chosen attitudes and actions genuinely expedient? I see so many people today who, like me all those years ago, are fighting for a cause out of heartaches conceived from the pains of their past. I also see how the courts of public opinion are shaping the beliefs and actions of a grieving population. I see the outward demonstration of an internal battle through every sign and symbol, every vulgar word, act of hatred or intolerance, and prejudice displayed to anyone who does not carry their exact message of equality. Perhaps the law of the land supports these rights of protest and so-called freedom. But is my method and negative emotion beneficial? Is it actually helpful to the cause or to the internal emotional health of its participants? The laws of the land must be enforced when someone crosses the line from communicating her or his voice into the destruction of property or committing acts of violence. No one has the moral or legal right to physically assault anyone. Once again, I believe each person has the freedom to make choices for his or her own life, but when personal freedom takes away another's, it is inherently wrong and an act of injustice. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream was for racial equality. He dreamed that all men would be able to sit down together in brotherhood. Most Americans say that they celebrate this champion of justice. But are they also willing to follow his example in today's political climate? Dr. King held fast to the heart of the cause, saying, Violence as a way of achieving racial justice is both impractical and immoral. I am not unmindful of the fact that violence often brings about momentary results. Nations have frequently won their independence in battle. But in spite of temporary victories, violence never brings permanent peace. Dr. King also said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. 
Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. The political divide in Rwanda's recent history left over 800,000 dead. In a short two months from December 27, 2007, to January 28, 2008, a political uprising in Kenya left almost 1,500 dead and hundreds of thousands displaced. I had friends who were terribly affected as villages were burned to the ground and close friends turned into feared enemies. Congo's political wars left millions dead. Don't think I am being extreme in my concern for the political divide and the ideologies that give license to violence. Freedom of speech does not include destruction of life. The First Amendment to the United States Constitution clearly establishes the necessary limits to protect all the people. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. We are free to hold and practice our religious beliefs as long as they do not violate another human being or their rights. We have the right to assemble as long as it is peaceable. Screaming hate, destruction of property, acts of violence, and hindering others from exercising their freedom are not only blurring the lines, but blatantly crossing them. At my age, I've seen the balance of one political party to the other. I don't think I have ever wholeheartedly agreed with the entire agenda of any political party. However, to demean, devalue, and publicly promote their destruction is not only prejudiced, but also inherently evil. There can be healthy confrontation about political ideologies, but no one has the right to attack the person and his or her family. I want to propose that we not point fingers or divide, but unite instead by focusing on what we all have in common. We are all human beings with choices as to how we will conduct ourselves and exercise our own personal influence. The purpose of this book is to help us as mature leaders to deal with ourselves by silencing the internal voice of bigotry within us. Objectively speaking, and founded in hard science, we know that every thought we accept produces emotions, attitudes, mindsets, and ultimately actions. Any fear-based thought releases harmful chemicals that are damaging to the mind-brain and the physical body of the one processing the thought. When spoken aloud, these negative effects also take place in the minds of anyone who receives what was said. As a result, this toxic neural memory increases sensitivity to harmful thoughts and damaging emotions. This is outwardly visible through anger, hatred, fear, a sense of powerlessness or victimization, compulsive behaviors, and even criminality. Due to the prevalence of fear-based toxic thoughts over many years, the internal personal realities of so many are being displayed through a guise of protest. 
These angry outbursts do not happen because of an event or even a higher cause, but through a fear-based perception of reality that gives it voice. Quote by Tracy Dews Your brain creates your reality. In life, it is not what happens to you that determines what you do or how you feel. It is how your mind perceives reality that makes it so. This contemporary cultural craze of hate-fueled protest cannot heal the land or unite a nation. Rather, it is damaging to those who have participated and have supported these efforts. Scientifically speaking, we cannot speak hatred without experiencing prejudice and propagating a false narrative. We are critical of what we do not understand and attack what we are afraid of. Neuroscience clearly reveals the movement in every DNA strand in our physical body, positively or negatively, via our thoughts and actions. I'm grateful for democracy, but what I am witnessing today worldwide will not heal if we continue struggling as we are. These thoughts and actions will only accelerate the negative and toxic mindsets in an already hurting populace. How can this heal? The anger from my personal pain kept me toxic. It wasn't until I chose to see myself separate from my experiential reality that I began to recognize that I carried an internal strength to be the best I could be in every situation. I was then compelled to do what was right despite the wrongs in the world. I have learned the greatest way to fight, to do justice, for myself and others, is to cross the great divide and build bridges rather than burn them in the fire of anger or even fear. If we're going to start a revolution or movement, let it be fruitful in building healthy minds, cultivating strong relationships, and becoming carriers of hope, validating our fellow man. We have the power internally to choose extravagance by giving honor, taking time to understand and modeling before others a heart that is tuned for their good. The clarion call, the cry for our response and positive action, is being heralded across the land. A sound is being heard inviting millions to rise with a voice of hope and healing. Listen to it and act on it. Courage is beckoning those who will reject divisiveness, prejudgment, assumption, bias, and an attitude of supremacy. Respond to that courage. There is a commission for all to emerge as leaders who use their power for good and stand as voices of justice. I fervently encourage you to answer this call. Our nations are hungry for what is right. We can respond to this hunger by doing the right thing with the right heart.